to Ask the Masters podcast. I'm here with Dave Penton, and we are, in these next few weeks, we're bringing back some of the original content that we put out on Ask the Masters. Um, some old uh, podcasts that we had that uh, are very good that some of our new viewers maybe did not get a chance to see. Um, and uh, this next one coming up is uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's uh, about current systems, uh, about swim jets and lazy rivers. And, and um, you know, I've, I've uh, over the years, I've learned a ton about lazy rivers and, and swim jet currents. Um, and uh, I've installed quite a few uh, in, in quite a few pools, uh, have quite a bit of experience with it. So I love hearing more about it. Every time I hear uh, things about it, I'm always learning something new every time. And it's, I, I can never get enough information on that. Yeah, and so this week um, we've got uh, Peter Davidson from Riverflow Current Systems. And they have one of the, the premier systems that's out there. Uh, but in this episode, we really, we really broke down kind of the, the, the technology and, and some of the pluses and minuses, what's a swim current versus a swim jet. And we really kind of dug a little bit deep into the, the differentiating things. And, uh, you know, not everybody can afford a, uh, you know, the swim current systems. Um, I think everybody in the industry kind of agrees that they are the premier systems, but there are some other systems available out there. Um, and, and even just recently, I, I see that one of the big manufacturers is, um, uh, I think Badu is releasing a new swim system that I'm very intrigued to look into. And, and, uh, um, it's it's coming out of Germany, and so there's there's definitely more things coming online. And you know, just in in recent, you know, it, it, just in the past couple of years, I feel like lazy rivers are just exploding. You know, they used to be water parks only, uh, but now they're doing lazy rivers in a backyard in in residential backyards. As a matter of fact, we're we're just getting ready to. Uh, I have my construction meeting in two days uh, for the layout for uh, our first lazy river system that we're going to be doing. So it's a real exciting time to have some more options. And with clients really wanting these more and more, I feel like this episode is really good in um, kind of describing some of the limitations and, and really getting a good understanding of the different systems and what they're capable of. Yeah, and uh, 2020, you know, been quite an interesting year that, you know, people are, uh, people are paying more attention to their backyard and, and more and more people are wanting it to be a backyard oasis, you know, so that they can have their staycation and not have to travel um, with their lazy rivers or, or with their exercise machines and, and their swimming place, you know, uh, swim jets um, becoming really popular this year, it seems like, so. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, the the project that we're working on, uh, the client had just a regular pool design, and then decided, hey, you know, I want to explore a lazy river, and so went back in and and redesigned the entire shape of the pool itself. And I actually just learned this the other day when we were speaking. They have a community pool. And they literally go to the community pool every single day with their kids and they're swimming in the community pool every day. And yet they're spending uh, quite a bit of money to create this outdoor living resort in their own backyard. They even have another pool available, but they're bringing the whole thing into their own backyard so that they actually don't have to leave, which that was, that was really interesting to me that, that uh, you know, clients are even they're even just wanting to, to pull it in and, and making it more their own rather than, you know, going and using a, and it's a beautiful facility, the, the community pool at this house. Yeah. And Peter Davidson is just a wealth of knowledge on the subject that um, many people don't understand that, that the, the hydraulics um, of, of, a, of a river, rivers, I'm sorry, the hydraulics of a lazy river or a swim jet are sw quite different than what you're used to in your regular pool plumbing. Um, and Peter has shown me over the years just different computer models and and different things that he's he's done in development that, that just really blow me away and, and really taught me a lot about this linear flow of water 
um, regardless of if you're doing it for exercise or in a lazy river. Yeah, one of the things that that you and I have talked about in the past that I mean, you understand the hydraulics of these a lot more. I know we got to go in and we're doing 10 and 12 inch pipe and and that, but you uh, you've really dug deep and and learned about the hydraulics a lot more. And uh, you know some of these systems they're 2,000 gallons per minute plus that you're moving through these systems, and uh, you know just the just introducing a little bit of head pressure, you know, it just, just decimates the flows. So, uh, you know, sure. it's real interesting to me to understand and, and even learn a little bit more about all of that. Yeah, a lot of what I learned over the years too is cramming the systems into little tight spaces because you add one little 45 or 190 degree elbow onto that system, it changes things drastically. So. Um, I learned a lot in that just cramming these things into these these tight spaces. So, not to mention the fact that those fittings are a few hundred dollars each. Right. <laughs> so when you mess it up, you know it's it's a costly mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember on the very very first one we did, we got everything laid in there. And, you know, you're not just running down to the local supply house to pick up 12 inch pipe. And we literally, we ended up being 10 inches short. Uh, and so I had to go buy a whole nother 20 foot stick of 12 inch pipe at, I don't know, three or $400. I can't remember at the time yeah. for 10 inches plus a coupling. Uh, yeah. And so I, I remember just thinking, man, I, I needed to plan a little bit better because I did not have that in the budget uh, for the job. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're just, they're, they're, they're unique systems and they allow the homeowners to bring the resort feel into their backyard. And, you know, it, it's not just on projects that you and I are building. Um, you know, you and I both have the opportunity to work for really, um, for clients that can afford the, the luxuries in life. Uh, but we're really starting to see these systems, um, you know, make their way into more the, you know, the upper middle class neighborhoods. And so um, right. it's, it's, a, it's intriguing to see the, the clients demanding these, these home resorts, uh, especially 2020. I mean, you know, of all years, we're, we're just so blessed to be in an industry that's exploding right now because the rest of the world is collapsing and, uh, you know, uh, restaurant workers and, and I feel so bad for so many people that are really struggling and, and you know, in, in some ways, I, I feel a little bit guilty because the pool industry is doing so well, um, you know, but at the same time, it, it's, it's everybody's, everybody's kind of pulling, uh, rounding the wagons and, and, and staying home. And so this opportunity that we've got here for this next year, however long this run goes, is is it's really intriguing and we i hope that this episode um kind of sheds some light on some of this for people that don't necessarily understand it so that they can start to introduce some of these things to their clients and you know who knows maybe sell one or two of these and and uh, and increase their own bottom line and and create something that's really fun for their own clients too yeah so so everybody sit back and relax and enjoy the show. And if you like it, please like us and subscribe to one of to the, the Ask the Master podcast on whatever podcast platform that you're using. And um, please, if you learned something in one of these, please let us know because we always love to hear that you've learned something from what we're trying to put out there. Thank you. Yeah, and for those of you viewing this on YouTube, um, we do check the comments. And so, you know, I would say that Kevin is one of the preeminent experts in Lazy Rivers and, and not necessarily Lazy Rivers, but in the swim jet systems. That's kind of your specialty and what you have done, you know, dozens and dozens within your career. And so we do watch the, uh, the comments. So if you have any questions, if you need any links, if you want any further information, by all means, uh, put it into the discussions down below and in the comments and, and we will get back to you uh, because that is what we're here for. We're here to help and we're here to expand everybody's education education and understanding of these systems.
All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Ask the Masters program. Uh, I'm Dave Penton from Fluid Dynamics, and today in studio we have Peter from Current Systems. Uh, but most of you know Current Systems as the manufacturer and the parent company of Riverflow. And so can you introduce yourself today, Peter? I, we've known each other for many years, but introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, good to see you, Dave. Yeah, uh, I'm the president of Current Systems, as you said, the parent company of Riverflow. Uh, we have been in business about 15 years as Riverflow. Prior to that, I started uh, under another company name with a different current generating machine, quite similar, but was the predecessor to the Riverflow. Okay. And where are you guys located at? Uh, you're, you're right here in California. You drove down this morning. Uh, nice three-hour drive for, uh, <laughs> what is it, about 75, 80 miles for three hours? Yeah. Welcome to L.A. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah we're from Ventura, California. Okay. Uh, happily, I had uh, uh, full autopilot in my car, so I was oh, able nice. to uh, relax a little bit with the traffic. But uh, yeah, so uh, Ventura is a small coastal town north of L.A. We have uh, we do our magic manufacturing there. Uh, our R&D facility is there, uh, test tank and uh, equipment to uh, establish uh, uh, different uh, performance parameters for the pump. Yeah, a little bit of a mad scientist uh, kind of portion of your area isn't it uh, with your test pool and you're always kind of testing some new stuff and everything up there we are we are it's my playpen since uh i don't have the uh training or intelligence of uh david peterson i kind of re <laughs> exactly. rely <laughs> who does i kind of rely on uh hit and miss and uh, we do a lot of uh, experimentation observation recording and move through the process in that way and and dave is uh sometimes quite helpful with uh, theoretical uh, and then we uh, we end up trying to prove out uh, uh, achieve our goals or the goals of customers that ask us to get somewhat custom with how we can shape current cool uh, I want to get to know a little bit about you uh, so kind of give me a little bit of your background um, you know, uh, wife and kids, uh, uh, kind of um, where you grew up. Did you grow up in, in Ventura? Uh, how'd you end up, uh, you know, where you're at at this point? Yeah, single guy. Um, I, uh, I was actually born in Orange County. Oh, wow. And moved to Northern California when I was a, a wee kid. And kind of much a, a California guy, pretty much. I... Uh, I uh, went to the war in the 60s and came back, mm -hmm. and I uh, ended up traveling several years of world travel. Um, I, got, I got back to, uh, I've lived all over California, and kind of wound up in Malibu, mm -hmm. and um, where I, uh, I got fascinated with current, uh, water current, and built a, uh, built a plywood test tank in the carport, and uh, Hooked up a radiator fan and hmm. and baffles and false walls and started to observe how current worked. Wow, that's and, really cool. And um, yeah, and, and so I was fascinated by that and uh, ended up patenting the the pump, uh, what's now the Riverflow pump in the late '80s. And uh, so the, the fascination with the current was. Uh, um, Moved into uh, observing people in current. Uh, I don't know if you remember Marcus Allen. He was, oh, yeah. Uh, Marcus Allen lived in a condo uh, in West L.A. And uh, I took a, a prototype of my pump and put it in the condo swimming pool. And Marcus uh, started working out against the current. And he really? was so enthusiastic about the uh, uh, the resistance and... and uh, uh, that that it inspired me to further develop the the current. Um, so was that just uh, was he swimming against it or walking against it or what was he doing? That's that's interesting. That's a really cool story. Well, he was in the water depth was about three three and a half feet. Okay, maybe up to four feet, and he would he was jogging into the current, and then he'd go sideways into the current, and he'd mm. go backwards into the current, and. Uh, uh, he was just 
a huge smile on his face and, and, and then he'd get serious and he'd set goals for himself and try to overcome the resistance. And uh, he, the first time he, he, he really gave it full out energy against the current, I remember he took a big breath and he turned to me and he said, this thing kicked my ass. That's awesome. <laughs> so the interface there, first it was fascination with the current and then it was fascination with how people interact with the current and, and, and the things that they want to do in it. And so that was kind of the beginning of the whole thing. So I want to back up. How did you get connected with Marcus Allen? Because he's, he's not a nobody in the sports world. I mean, that's, that's like a superstar athlete, especially here in L.A. I mean, that is, he's, he's, how'd you connect there? Well, his, uh, my partner's mother lived in the same condo. Okay condominium complex that Marcus did in Brentwood mm -hmm. and uh, that was the connection okay wow that's really cool that's <laughs> that's fun so um, so how did you then um, what were you doing before that was that just kind of your your um, inventor style that you had uh, I mean were you working in aquatics or in water at that point uh, or what were you doing uh, uh, prior to that after the war and things like that I was not. I uh, I was kind of uh, looking for something to get interested in, okay. and this got my attention. And uh, the things that, that sort of combined the the in the beginning, the application was uh, to come up with a really good swim and exercise and therapy current. And the uh, the things that were going on at that time were a drought, of course, in mm -hmm. Southern California. Uh, developers were building on smaller lots. And swimming pools were getting smaller and too small to do laps in. Sure. And um, I read uh, uh, Air, Airplane Magazine on endless pools back at that time. Mm. And they had their 15-foot vinyl liner tank, and that looked like a cool thing to do. And then there were jets. that. So here we are 30 years later or so, and there's still endless, and there's still jets. And then there's us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I... I I uh, was involved in the redwood hot tub industry. I was a uh, I was a deck builder and a and a uh, hot tub cooper cooperer in, in Carmel. Um, so does that mean uh, like uh, creating copper hot tubs? I've never heard that term. Coopering a, a barrel or a tub is uh, is building the barrel. Okay. Uh, like a wine keg. Same mm -hmm. thing. You have staves, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. staves for the floor and staves for the for the uprights and the hoops that tighten it all together. We uh, actually just did um, in Brentwood. Uh, we just did a wood um, soaking tub uh, that, that didn't have jets, but it had hot water. Right. It was fascinating to me. Uh, I had never done that. It's really it's a really cool aesthetic. I'll have to pick your brain uh, off air on that because that's that's something that I'm fascinated by. Yeah, well, we're all fascinated with water. That's our industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, my little niche has become more about current and, uh, and its various applications and, um, and, its, uh, and how people react to, to current while they're in the water. Sure. So. Okay. So um, uh, we touched on it a little bit, um, but... Um, as far as kind of the industry, uh, the industry talks about swim jets, and that's kind of the generic term. Uh, and I know you really um, push back against that a little bit. So uh, can you talk about kind of the different technologies and what differentiates between a swim jet <clears throat> and uh, the endless pool and then what Riverflow does, just kind of to, to, to spell out all of the different options that are available in the industry? Yeah, well, jets are uh, basically a jacuzzi jet, the, the jet you'd find in a hot tub with some more horsepower behind it. And um, it's very high pressure, aerated, turbulent flow, um, designed to relax muscles and give yourself an aquatic a massage for, for muscles. Um, how it became named swim jet is still you know, bit a of bit mystery. of a mystery, but uh, in my opinion, it's it's not the it's not the proper way to do, to um, to generate a current to exercise or swim against. Um, 
centrifugal pumps are at the opposite end of the pump world than axial flow pumps uh, that we use. Um, we create a very high volume, low pressure stream of water, variable speed, without uh, any bubbles, and um, very close to laminar flow. Mm -hmm. um, on the and then the endless, who's been around forever, um, uh, is a more or less a fan in a box, not really a pump, um, uh, but it creates a great uh, current. But the the limitations are that it has to live in the swimming pool with you, the pump and the hydraulics and whatnot, um, and you're required to swim up within inches of the outlet. Oh, interesting. Okay. And ours is, I designed ours so that the current develops a few feet back. Um, so you'll have a sweet spot that uh, begins a few feet from the wall of the pool where the current's originating and then back 15, 20, 30 feet. Um, not so with the endless. So um, just to summarize a little bit, so the, the um, there's a number of manufacturers of swim jets, uh, and typically they're, uh, like you said, they're um, spa jets, uh, but they're on steroids. I mean, they're they're larger than spa jets, um, and they have a lot of high pressure flow behind them, and and so they generate pressure. They generate a resistance point uh, that does push you away, just by simple nature of the amount of water they're pushing through a small orifice nozzle um, and that's aerated uh, wh what's always intrigued me about that is um, you know I've grown up surfing and um, you know when you catch a wave and you get all the aeration of the water um, you know air and water actually causes you to be less buoyant um, you know and uh, so so the aeration effect of everything I would think, I've never swam in a swim jet pool, uh, but I would think the aeration tends to um, not make you float as much. I, I would think it would be more um, cumbersome to swim against, plus the fact that you're swimming against a, uh, a spa jet. Um, so, but the benefit to those systems is that they are... Um, uh, budget-minded for budget-minded clients um, you know they can be installed um, you know if for for a lower budget um, than some of the other systems uh, but there definitely are limitations now the endless yeah that's um, that's always been an intriguing one I was not aware that the endless was um, uh, didn't generate uh, the, the the push that yours does um, you know we've done a couple of river flow pools and um, uh, you have actually pretty specific parameters. Uh, a couple of them that we've built have been really small, um, and the amount of current generated, I think the last one we did was 16 feet long, and Mike, you're right. Mike Rosenthal. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, yeah, and on that <clears throat> one, literally, when the <clears throat> pump is running at full speed, there's a one-inch standing wave six, 16 feet away. I mean, it's 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 pretty... Um, there's definitely a significant amount of water moving there. Um, and so kind of talk about um, what's the experience like in swimming in a swim current as opposed to swimming against a swim jet? Yeah, well, some, some very different basics. You're, you're right, your buoyancy is, is uh, impacted. Um, in aerated water like the Bermuda Triangle. So, mm -hmm. so you become less buoyant and you're struggling to maintain uh, your position close to the surface. Um, um, so in a jetted system, the current, the aerated cur current is moving, let's say, 30 miles an hour. Um, and it's, it's creating resistance um, in, in a focused and small area that, that you're uh, exerting against. Um, so you have very high velocity environment that's aerated that's reducing your buoyancy. And it's also very pinpoint too, isn't it? Pinpoint as well. So it isn't an ideal environment for swimming. My concept is that, um, and, and endless somewhat the same, is that um, we try to match the current speed, the water speed, 
to the speed that you would be, the swimmer would be achieving in static water. So if a swimmer's going flat out six miles an hour, you want the current to be right about six miles an hour. Yeah, even you, Michael Phelps is not doing 30. Right. And, and, and that is, it's, it's not really apples to apples. It's just an unpleasant environment to try to um, exercise in. So that's one of the reasons that I, uh, I chose kind of the, the, the axial flow pump road was to be able to, to, to have sufficient volume of water at a low speed matching the output of the swimmer rather than being in a torrent and trying to survive. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I, my clients tend to build these big, beautiful pools. Uh, and so um, the aesthetic side of it is always, um, you know, something that comes into play. Um, and, and one of the nice benefits of the swim jet is that, you know, you can get them color matched and they can be small and, and, and the, the impact within the pool is not that significant. Um, and yours as well, you know, your, your system can be mounted to the wall. Um, it is one of the, um, one of the challenges with the endless pool system is that you have, uh, the stainless steel box. And I've seen some very nice ways that, um, architects have been able to integrate that within there. Um, but I think that's, that's one of the benefits of, of both your system and the, uh, and a swim jet system on the aesthetic side is that the, the visual impact to the entire space is, is definitely limited. And I know, um, I know you have the ability to really kind of fine-tune and, and customize some of that as well, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah, our, our, our wall penetration, our wall fittings are flush, finished with, flush with plaster, and they don't protrude into the pool as others, some others do. Um, so it's less of a challenge, certainly, for architects and to, uh, to disguise. Um, the... the uh, our system runs at a max of 58 dB, which is uh, softer than our conversation right now. Yeah, it's not and, very loud at all. And, and you really don't hear it from five or 10 feet away. Um, the more powerful jetted systems are quite noisy, as well as endless, because it's a uh, uh, hydraulic, high-pressure high hydraulic motor run by a hydraulic pump. And those two elements of that system make it um, Noise, uh, noise is a consideration. Okay. Uh, so we've tried to to make ours as, as silent as as possible, and it's very very quiet. Yeah, I can attest to that. The first one that we did, um, we literally we had a very large uh, decorative wall uh, at the end of the spa, and literally the pump was sitting twenty inches from the water. Um, you know, though it was behind a wall and you couldn't see it. And yeah, even with it running at full speed, you could barely tell it was there. So, um, yeah, that is one of the, one of the wonderful things. And, and, you know, it's sort of like variable speed filtration pump technology too. You know, the, um, those pumps have gotten very, very quiet. Uh, and so that's, um, you know, explain how in um, in the systems uh, you moderate the flow and all of that. It's not all on or all off. You know, these systems you can you can turn the flow up and down um, as as needed. Um, you know, so uh, get into a little bit of that. Yeah, we use uh, variable frequency drives uh, and have been for 25 years uh, to control the pump. And and uh, in recent years, like last 10 years or so, I think Pentair was the, the, the next to come on board with variable frequency drive technology, and it's a great way to control a motor. Um, so uh, one, of, one of the benefits of using a variable frequency drive to reduce the speed of a uh, centrifugal or axial flow pump is that by reducing the speed of the pump by 20%, you reduce the electrical consumption by 50%. Mm -hmm. So in, in larger commercial projects, I, I try to design to running the systems at 80% capacity uh, so that their, their, uh, their savings are huge or annually uh, on, on a multi-pump multi project. 
and, uh, and they have plenty of power. They can always have more gas pedal if they want it for certain situations. But um, we try to be consistent with the, the, the new and improved uh, hydraulic uh, design uh, uh, requirements with uh, sweep elbows and things. The industry's come a long ways in the, just the last few years by reducing electrical consumption. And uh, we've always been on board with that. Sure. It just makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's definitely, um, it's been a long time coming. You know, we happen to live here in California where we kind of pioneer a lot of this. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, we're not, um, everything's not endless, uh, you know, and, and the more we can reduce our footprints, um, you know, whether you have an environmental, um, you know, uh, bent to yourself or not, you know, uh, everybody enjoys having a smaller electric bill, you know, so the practical aspects of it, um, you know, are, are beneficial to everybody. That's been one of the things I've really enjoyed watching the uh, maturity of the pool industry in that whole area. Um, so I know we've been focused quite a bit on swim jets and swim currents, uh, but that's not... Um, that's not the entirety. There's this whole new emerging thing. You guys have been doing it for a long time, uh, but there's a whole emerging um, uh, lazy rivers and, and, and all of that that really seems to be kind of catching fire in the last two to four years. Um, and so, um, you know, talk a little bit about the technology, what it is, how does it work, um, you know, even in general terms, how, how is a lazy river work? Because they're, they're fairly tricky. Um, and and uh, can you just kind of explain uh, just generally the hydraulics of it and, and what needs to happen for a lazy river to flow properly? It's not just sticking a bunch of pumps in a wall and, and turning them on. There's a whole lot more science and hydrology to it. Yeah, right. It, it's, a, it's, it's a great new uh, trend. Uh, for us, because uh, and, and I feel like we've been somewhat instrumental in, in uh, developing that uh, on a residential basis. Um, people travel more, go to resorts uh, that have a lazy river, and they come home and call their designer, architect, pool builder. Uh, hey, can you shrink that down and put it in my backyard? So the challenges are... Um, um, Making the making it operate like it should, and not just throwing a bunch of centrif or pool pumps at it. Um, so, um, happily, the river flow pump is is uh, is turns out is ideal for that application. And um, we've probably done now sixty or seventy residential lazy mm. rivers in the states, and uh, we're. Uh, we're in. Uh, we have a, a pretty large international presence with resorts and water parks, and focusing on lazy rivers. We've developed several different types of nozzles um, um, to shape the water uh, in a way that the the project requires. So, we we like to work in the 2,000 gallon per minute range at uh, discharge velocities of 15 to 18 feet per second. So that's a fairly substantial volume at quite a high velocity, but what happens is that the plume, if you will, of energy um, as it travels along the river is dissolved into the river and the average speed of the river will prevail. So you'll have uh, a little faster area closer to the pump, but it's not going to slow down and slow down and slow down until it gets to the next pump. That seems to be a common misnomer. What happens is you've established a, a steady state or, or a, an average speed. So actually one large nozzle in one location can power a river um, and you're not going to have a tremendous drop off in velocity as the water returns around to the to the origin of the motivation again. Yeah, I remember growing up and my uh, my grandparents had a spa. You know, it was just a seven foot round spa and you know, me and my brother 
we'd start that thing spinning, uh, you know, and not even with the jets on, you know, we'd just get in there and start it spinning and then we could just stop and float and, and we would just bang into each other and everything, but we would float on our backs and it would keep going and going and going and going and going for a while. It doesn't yep. need to be. So it sounds like it's kind of the same concept is that once you get it engaged and you get the water moving, um, you know, it's, it's uh, so answer me this, when you turn that pump off, um, it, I imagine that it takes a little while for the river to actually stop spinning. It does. It takes longer, uh, for it to stop spinning, if you if your rotation direction is counterclockwise, in the northern in the hemisphere. northern hemisphere, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've done a with this uh, residential pool thing. An interesting uh, design is developed. That um, we we've developed a, 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 a manifold of nozzles that I call a water curtain, and we're able to we're able to uh, move water around a river, around an island. And then one of our water curtain nozzles keeps the uh, water moving across an open pool. Oh, interesting. So we can, we can leave uh, uh, an open area of water uh, common to the river, but, but relatively calm without current. So, so almost like an island of non-moving water in the center of the pool. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Yes. So we've been, uh, those are the things that get our attention. And, and we're, we're, of course, aided by the ability to, with our test tank to dial in. I was going to say, that's why I was just going to bring it back to it. I mean, that, now your mad scientist back at the warehouse is, right. is all starting to make more sense. Right, right. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I'm joined by Peter from Current Systems, the parent company of Riverflow. You create something completely unique in the industry like nothing else. Uh, the, the Riverflow system is completely differentiated. Um, and in, in my opinion, I think it is the best option for swimming within the industry. Tell me a little bit about your system and what differentiates you from the competition. You're going to get a, a, a very enthusiastic referral from your happy customer uh, is a good reason to use a river flow. The, uh, the system is, is a very high volume, very low pressure pumping system that uses 12-inch diameter pipe. That's uh, a big pipe in a swimming pool. Big pipe. You can't move big water through small pipe. Sure. So we have uh, part of our system are dual VGB approved suction grates and sumps two of those with each pump, um, industrial three-phase uh, motor, uh, variable frequency drive, wireless remote control, and uh, specialty uh, accelerator nozzle or manifold or whatever your application requires for configuring the, uh, the current return current. So the two big applications for Riverflow are going to be your swim current system, um, where you can convert a pool as small as, I think the smallest one we've done is uh, 10 by 16, uh, and you can make an actual exercise pool where a client can swim. Uh, the client that we had, he was actually a competitive swimmer in college, and um, he utilized it every day as swimming. Infinite speed control, uh, not just a couple of presets, but actual speed control um, so that they can adjust the uh, the current, the feature, the swim current speed, whatever the application might be, they can f dial it in, fine tune it. But then you also are um, really one of the innovators of Lazy Rivers. We're enjoying the uh, popularity of the Lazy Rivers and doing what we can to, uh, to innovate and combine uh, a river and a pool, uh, island and a bridge a kayak lane, and a beach entry. All of those things can be features within one pool project, um, uh, which opens the door to some, some very uh, creative and, and uh, compelling designs by uh, architects. Our personal attention to every project um, is, is nothing but a bonus, um, and it, it, uh, we can have a, a positive influence on the, on the results. So, yeah, we're, we're more hands-on, certainly, than most, 
The beauty of your system is that it does not need to be 75 feet away. Uh, your system is very, very quiet. It's one of the things that I really love about it. It allows for some real um, creative versatility uh, in that we're not having to worry about the noise pollution by just the way you've designed the system. More often than not, the river flow uh, system isn't installed with the rest of the pool equipment. It's, uh, it's located in a hydraulically more friendly location so we can avoid losses and added expense. Um, that's one of, the, one of the nice features about the, the, the system is that it, from a few feet away, you don't even know it's running. I heard rumor that you are uh, working with dolphins. It's been a, a pleasure to work with the uh, Clearwater Marine uh, rescue aquarium in Clearwater, Florida. Winter, the Disney dolphin uh, lives there, and now Hope, Winter's companion. And uh, a few years ago, we we donated a couple of pumps to create a current in their large uh, uh, saltwater tank. They, according to the uh, the trainers and and the veterinarians, the general health of the dolphins skyrocketed. Their attitude, their their happiness factor went up because they're pre-wired for that kind of environment. Sure. And uh, so it was very rewarding to work with them and, and, uh, and to learn from them. The other thing that was interesting was that, uh, that saltwater environment had no detrimental effect on our equipment. So we're good with chlorinated, salt chlorinated, salt, any of the, any seawater even. You can create within one body of water very different environments uh, for the client and it really allows the pool to become so much more versatile than just a, a cooling off hole in the backyard. I think you're developing a, a, uh, a different style of nozzle now with a whitewater type of a nozzle. The wow factor, uh, kids usually are is what's driving that, uh, that development. It doesn't have to be either or, static or dynamic. It can be both. We've learned how to integrate uh, our uh, current systems even with uh, vanishing edge pools. It's just doing the math and making sure that you have uh, sufficient uh, overflow capacity, catch basin, uh, but at the flick of a button, you can turn that vanishing edge piece of glass into uh, in, into a completely different entity that's all about motion and, and energy and, and uh, it feels different and, and it, serves a, it serves a different purpose and then you can turn it off and finish your martini. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. One, of my, one of my early models and early patented models of the river flow was uh, over the side. Model. Okay. And uh, similar to what Endless has come up with sure. uh, more recently with their Fastlane product. Okay. Um, but it was cumbersome and laid across the deck, and um, it, it turned out to be not really practical. But it was uh, what was inspiring uh, to move forward uh, past that point was I, I uh, was able to donate one of those over-the-side units to the VA hospital in Sepulveda. Oh, wow. And uh, which was later wrecked by an earthquake. But uh, so we, we, I worked with their physical therapists, and we we put it in this big twenty by forty indoor pool, and we'd get the whole pool rotating, ro rotating like a big whirlpool, and then they would bring in the uh, paraplegics and quadriplegic veterans mm. that uh, uh, didn't had a fairly dismal existence. Sure, and whether they were in recovery or just permanently there. Um, and to see them light up oh gosh, in I the current. They, they, so, so, so the hidden benefit was not just to put them in a static pool in, in flotation devices, but when the current was on, they'd light up with this. They, they would have to do, do something. There was exercise that just happened and motion that happened. And it, it was such a... It was a delight for them and for the therapists, and, and it kind of opened a new window of understanding that just being in the current, um, it, it compels you to, to interact with it.
Well, and I would imagine somebody like that who's confined to a wheelchair and and really, um, you know, to be able to be free again, uh, just to be floating and not, you know, constrained to, you know, uh, maybe even having to be strapped in because you, you don't have the ability just to be able to be free again and and uh, I can I can see the benefit of that. That's that's a really cool, amazing story. Yeah, it was um, moving, and it was uh, so. So what it um, inspired in me was the, well, uh, the benefits obvious for these guys, and, and um, I became more interested then in therapy applications, um, and just in people interacting with current, and and it's a different, it's a different reaction to current than it is to just static water and the other benefit too of just exercise in water uh, as opposed to running is that it's it's virtually no impact i mean it's such a um you know my my stepdad is an orthopedic surgeon and he said the best therapy for um you know for surgery um, is to be getting in a pool because you can exercise, you can move, you can do everything, uh, yet you're not creating that jarring impact on your joints and, and everything. So, um, yeah, so it, talk a little bit more. Now, we touched about it a little bit. Um, you know, where are you seeing um, all of these systems kind of fitting in as far as the fitness and exercise and health benefits and all of that? Where are you seeing these applications being installed? You know, obviously the Marcus Allen story is is cool, but, um, uh, you know, that was 30 plus years ago. Um, you know, what's what's kind of the latest generation that you're seeing these uh, implemented? Yeah, um, I think recreational, uh, you know, Health while having recreation <laughs> seems to be... And fun. And fun. Very popular. And the, the Lazy River is... Uh, one of the, the cool things about uh, a, a Lazy River combination pool is that um, we can uh, establish a current um, that's uh, swimmable, um, or you can kayak against it, um, or you can... Um, float around in an inner tube with a martini in it. Um, you can hop out of the current and do whatever you want to do in Stillwater um, while kind of having fun. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably the world's best babysitter to have a, uh, a current. Next to a trampoline. <laughs> I have a trampoline in my backyard. That's a pretty good babysitter too. But yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So we're just, we're, we're finding uh, just uh, so much excitement. Uh, a lot of Toyota moments when people first turn on their river. Uh, and uh, combining that, you know, um, that environment with an exercise environment, a fun environment, a beautiful environment peaceful um so versatility uh, it's just it's people are getting it that man it doesn't have to just be the conventional pool mm -hmm. it yeah can i have mean drama it can have uh it can be compelling it can have a lot more um aspects than just a static pool so, so i love that analogy that you can have a single body of water that is is able to provide three and four different environments you know it can be you know the the lazy river analogy is great yeah you can be Marcus Allen and training to be the greatest uh, one of the greatest players in the NFL um, uh, and yet in the same body of water in the same everything you can be sitting on a float tube and reading a book and fall asleep you know it, it's really that's an intriguing thing that i hadn't really thought about one of the benefits of being able to um you know uh, morph your pool into all of these different um personalities if you will um and and not have to go to the resort where they've got the dedicated lazy river and then they've got the the jacuzzi tub and they've got you know all, and, and then the long you know 80 foot long swim pool for for lap swimming and that you know being able to create that whole all of those different environments within one entity that will fit in a traditional backyard that's really 
that's that's an amazing benefit. Yeah, I think you just nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. You can you can. Uh, I think when people are designing their pool or working with their pool designer, they they often think of them in a lounge chair at sunset, uh, infinity edge. You know, isn't I've arrived? Mm-hmm. Life is wonderful. It's calm and it's peaceful. Um, I think um, we've been trying to get people to expand that vision to include push this button or click that switch or tell your cell phone, I'd like some current, please. Mm -hmm. And boom, you have a a dynamic environment. You have drama. You have have the same uh, pool, but it's, it's, it's turned into a completely different animal. And uh, so I think um, we're, we're, uh, we are able to transform a formerly static, uh, peaceful, yes, uh, environment into something that's uh, got some more drama to it. Sure. And uh, we, yeah, exercise um, lends itself to exercise. And uh, we're finding so much res- uh, enthusiastic res- uh, reception by kids. They just, they want to. F- they want to floor it. They want it to go faster. They want it radical. Mm-hmm. Um, we've developed a whitewater nozzle. That, oh, wow. That, um, ra- uh, aside from our, our basic Lazy River nozzles, where we've, we've taken, reconfigured one and angled it upwards, and it, it comes blasting out through the surface, and, and, um, and it, it sort of replicates the prop wash from a speedboat. Hmm. So you've got white, turbulent whitewater uh, downstream, and that's that's been fairly popular. And, uh, I would imagine that uh, over the course of your career, um, you've seen some really really cool sights and and everything. Um, you know, I know that you you're very hands on, uh, and that you do actually love to get out into the field and and look at some of these. Uh, can you talk about some of the the more unique applications um, that you've been a part of. I mean, the creativity of of uh, architects and designers is is endless. It seems like, and I got to imagine you've seen some pretty um, mind blowing uh, sites and and applications where you guys have been a part of. Yeah, oh, the creativity abounds, and, and it opens a it opens a new uh, window for an architect or designer to have moving water. Uh, just different thing altogether. We've we've um, we've worked together with some uh, architects, and we've come up with uh, islands within a river um, where we plumb underneath and bring one of our nozzles up out of the island. And the island shape uh, can be a foil, like oh, wow. a wing shape. So water uh, encountering the leading edge, if you will, mm-hmm. of the island, and then moving around it. Um, in a way that's predetermined by its shape. So, um, and then having a series of uh, nozzles out the out the slipstream of uh, the downstream end of the island. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of creative stuff. A lot of ways to move people in and out of calm areas to get in and out of their inner tubes, or uh, to not spill their martini. Um, we've had. Uh, it's been it's been very rewarding to uh, work with architects that have been receptive to some of our design modifications to emphasize the hydraulic efficiency uh, of a large project. Um, most of the designers and architects don't have a hydraulic background. Sure. Um, so we uh, we enjoy getting involved early on in the project with them so that we can it can be tweaked to uh, provide the uh, the aesthetic that they want, uh, the performance, um, and the efficiency. And all of this can be a very extravagant or gorgeous environment, um, but it's really functioning quite quite efficiently, mm-hmm. um, or can be. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of commercial-type projects and, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, the international stuff. I'm assuming that a lot of the international stuff is, uh, you know, more commercial water parks and things like that. Yeah, commercial water parks and resorts. Um, 
Uh, we work with the uh, design engineers um, that eventually spec us into the projects. Um, we work with them on the hydraulics and uh, we work with the architects on the uh, design and river geometry and the safety and the access and and uh, and whatnot. So um, it, it's uh, each one is unique, each one's different, um, and it, it has become so popular worldwide to have uh, Lazy River is a, there isn't a theme park without one now sure. know, or uh, resorts. It's almost like uh, the Joneses, and the first resorts started to put in uh, a little gym you know, a workout area. Well, then they all had to have a workout area. And, and I think it's kind of like that renovation is going on with smaller hotels, too, to take out their kidney-shaped 1930 swimming pool and put in a little lazy river and put that on their marquee and their uh, occupancy goes up. Yeah, I mean, you look at... It's it's one thing that's always been fascinating about swimming pools for me, you know, uh, residential and commercial and everything. Um, you know, most of the time when you go look at a hotel, um, you know, yeah, you'll see the front of the hotel, uh, but usually as you start scrolling through the photos, within two or three or four photos, you've got a picture of the pool um, and and just the that water environment, um, you know, and look at real estate photos. You know, uh, you'll you'll either uh, usually you'll see the architecture of the house, and then oftentimes that second photo is the photo of the backyard pool. It's just such a it's such a place where people want to be. Um, one of the things that uh, that I love uh, about your guys' system is just that very fact that um, you know what you're putting in a resort in Dubai is the same equipment that's going and being sold to the residential client. Um, you know, you guys don't uh, dumb down the system. It's not, you know, there's not a commercial grade system and then the residential grade. It's all the same. You've developed the system to the place where, um, you know, it, it's not, uh, there's no limitations um, uh, on on the res on the, the residential retail side. So these things are really set up to run 24-7, correct? That's correct, yeah. We don't distinguish between the uh, residential uh, commercial application. So, um, yeah, they're designed to run 24-7. They're, they're designed uh, to be appropriate for the type of environment, whether it's high altitude or whether it's tropical or whether it's very high temperature like in the Middle East. Um, we tweak the system, the electronics, for those uh, environments, special environments, but the pump itself is the same in, in every instance. You know, the components, the parts that we manufacture, um, are commercial or residential. It doesn't matter. You're an American-based company. Yeah. Well, we use uh, electric motors come from South America. The uh, the VFDs are manufactured in the states. Uh, the props, castings, other components that we don't actually machine and manufacture are made here, yeah. uh, which is more expensive, but it's, um, the, the quality control is so much easier and more reliable. So, so yeah, we, we, uh, we don't, uh, even our shafting, uh, stainless steel shafting, um, is American made and American machined and, and, um, and that is a, that's a serious piece of hardware there it's not a uh, it's not a little thirty dollar uh, piece of metal with some set screws in it that's a that's that's a that's a heavy duty piece of stainless that you guys use to make your couplings you know with the with the is okay so is it a propeller is it an impeller what what <laughs> is it actually called I always get confused you know it can be called either okay it's uh uh, it's an axial flow pump, which means that the water flow is in the direction of the axis of the propeller. So the water's passing through the propeller uh, and moving in an axial direction, completely opposite of centrifugal pumps where the water's coming in axially and uh, leaving perpendicular to the axis of the pump. Uh, centrifugal pumps typically run at very high RPM, create a lot of pressure, and um, use relatively small pipe sizes. Other end of the spectrum, 
propeller pump, axial flow, uh, very high volume, low pressure. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, with, with your systems, we're installing, um, it's 12 inch pipe, you know, it's, it's very large because you're, you're trying to not disrupt that flow. And, and since it's axial, you know, we're, you can't pass through 1290s, you know, it's gotta be, um, you know, it, it's a very laminar flow and it's very much generated, uh, you know, at the propeller, whatever we're going to call it, uh, uh, point. Uh, but you really need to have that kind of a smoothed out, uh, as it enters into the pool. Yeah, right. We can't tolerate a lot of losses uh, through uh, uh, plumbing in 90s and particularly 90s, close radius 90s are the biggest culprit really in, in, in the pool industry for eating up too much energy. Sure. So uh, we use sweep fittings even in 12 inch mm -hmm. uh, and um, we try to keep the water moving at a reasonably uh, slow speed through the pipe and let our nozzles do the accelerating when necessary and uh, you know, reduce losses wherever possible. So what does your pump generate? Uh, you like uh, 1,100 gallons per minute? Um, where, are you, where exactly are you at? I know you've got a couple of different, um, but like, uh, let's talk about like the competition model, the top of the line. What are, you, what are you moving as far as actual water movement? Yeah, our two models, the competition and the leader, are identical except for the size of the motor. One's a 10 horse, one's a seven and a half. Um, our, our flow rate uh, is about 2,500 gallons per minute. Um, various nozzles will reduce that by two to 300 gallons per minute, which is the capacity of many pumps of the same horsepower. Sure. But they're delivering pressure, not capacity or volume. Um, so we're in the 22 to 2400 GPM range typically through most of our nozzles and, and manifolds. So, okay, so I have a question for you then, uh, because I've seen some different um, manufacturers out there talking about 5,000 GPM. So if I'm using 12 inch pipe uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're safe at, uh, you know, uh, 2,000 plus RPM, uh, to be generating 5,000, um, you know, I don't have my, my spreadsheet in front of me, but I'm thinking that's 16, 17, 18 inch pipe. And these systems I see are going in at three inch pipe. How, how are they achieving this 5,000 gallons per minute? That just doesn't seem, I, I think the, the, the physics of that just don't work. You're right. They don't. Yeah. I, I think the, those claims are, are uh, it's just not physically possible to achieve that kind of flow rate through a centrifugal pump using that kind of pipe size. Um, I think what they're they're leading the public to believe is that that the the pump is that they're they're producing 5,000 gallons per minute uh, through the pump, which isn't the case. But uh, the best that I can figure is that they're determining that at at in a given minute. 5,000 gallons of water must be in motion somehow in that body of water. Well, by that logic, then your lazy river might be moving 30,000 gallons a minute. Oh, yeah, at least. You know, or a million. Or, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that that seems a little... In our swimming application, yeah, we'd be at 30 or 40,000. By that, using that same logic, we'd be at 30 or 40,000 gallons per minute. Um, but it, 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 we chose not to get in that. Uh, so the pump curves speak for themselves. If, if uh, the proof is in the pump curve. Well, and, and, and the hydraulics just don't play that out either. Um, you know, uh, but, but literally uh, coming out of your nozzle, you've got 2,000 gallons coming out of the nozzle itself. Through the pump and out of the nozzle, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we couldn't push... Uh, a hundred gallons per minute through a filter. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's an appropriate pump for just about every application. And, and, and in my opinion, 
if you have to doctor the performance numbers so radically to make the pump try to fit into an application, it's not the right pump. Sure. All right. Um, I, I feel like we've really covered everything uh, as far as kind of what moving water is. Uh, is there anything that you can kind of uh, let us know you're kind of playing with in your, uh, in, in your mad scientist laboratory that, that you're excited about? What are, you, what are you looking forward to? What's the next innovation you're trying to create or invent? Or, or what are some of the things that you're working on that are, that are unique that have you excited? Well, we're, we're looking at uh, a couple things I'm not going to talk about quite yet. Yeah. But, but, uh, but we're having a blast playing with it. Um, no, we're, we're always refining, you know, and trying to uh, trying to up the performance, reduce the operating costs, um, keep our prices where they are, and keep our quality up. Um, I think the uh, the whitewater nozzle is. I, I'm still refining that and playing with it. We've got I've probably got five or six different designs out in the field yet that have been installed but not yet brought online, so I'm anxious to visit those sites. Our water curtain technology is always being tweaked so that we can separate moving water from still water in the same vessel. Um, that uh, sort of sounds smoke and mirrors, but it's a real deal, and, and that's fascinating. Um, so we welcome, too, uh, we welcome uh, uh, engineers, architects, builders uh, to come by. Um, and we've considered having group visits. I haven't put anything together yet, but uh, uh, you're certainly welcome. Or if you put together a group that would like to come and play and learn and ask questions and just uh, uh, just have fun mm -hmm. uh, doing some uh, water moving uh, activities, we'd be happy to uh, receive them. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you had mentioned that, and that's really been brewing in my head. I really. Uh, uh, I know I personally will take you up on that, but, but we may have to see if we can uh, get a group of people to come up and, and kind of just play and, and understand. And just even, um, you know, I, I love the fact that you've got that tank there and, and that you, you innovate. I mean, I do that kind of stuff in my back garage and, uh, you know, my son and I play around with different ideas and, and I think that's where... Uh, it's where true innovation happens and, and, you know, and yeah, you're going to have 37 failures for every idea that might or might not ever get fully baked. Uh, but, but it's always, uh, I love that aspect of just, you know, uh, life and design in general. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. This was, uh, I, I love learning, uh, and, and, um, you know, even though we've done a couple of your systems now, um, I, I just, I'm always fascinated by all the different applications and, and, and I learned so much today too. So thanks for, thanks for coming in and, and really, uh, uh educating us and, and, uh, sharing your knowledge with us. Thanks Dave. Good to see you again. Thank you.